I would say the most important thing, uh, at, le- in my, at least in my opinion, uh, for any organization building uh, building software or companion software, is to have a very clear perspective about what is success, um, what is the value driver for your organization that the software will deliver. Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. of having to look in so many places to find the information you need as a medical device professional? Are you looking to level up your career, your device, or just your day-to-day performance on the job? Greenlight Guru Academy was started with you in mind. Our goal is to bring you online learning on all the topics that are impactful for medical device companies. The Academy represents years of experience helping companies get their devices on the market and keep them there. I can't tell you how many times we've heard people say, I wish I'd found this sooner in my career. So we want to share it with you as well. So come join us at academy.greenlight.guru. Create your account and start learning for free. That's right. It's absolutely free. If you do find a paid course or a membership that looks right for you, however, we've got your back. Listeners from the podcast can get 25% off any of our products in the Academy by using the code PODCAST25. Just enter the code during checkout and start leveling up today. Thanks for learning with us at Greenlight Guru Academy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about accelerating SAMD development in a compliant yet agile way. A lot of people talk about, can I develop a medical device using the agile approach or does it have to be a waterfall? There's We have those conversations a lot. Today, we get to talk to a, a true expert in this field. Um, we'll get to her in just a moment. But we're also going to be talking about kind of the building of a company, um, which is HGD Health. And we're using them as a real real world case study example um, in, in, in building that medical device company. So we get to talk to two people today, Zach Markin and Veronica Mikaluk. Zach Markin is a serial entrepreneur. He, he builds mission-driven organizations. His first business, the Fresh Corner Cafe, operated for eight years, serving hundreds of thousands of fresh and healthy foods in underserved communities in Detroit. And uh, after teaching himself software engineering in order to scale the Fresh Corner Cafe and build its software infrastructure, Zach founded HTD Health, which is a digital health consultancy focused on strategy, design, and implementation of novel software systems. Alongside and while he was building HTD Health, Zach built a next-generation governance, risk, and compliance SaaS company called Exos, which he sold to a leading compliant cloud provider in 2022. Zach is currently the CEO at HTD Health, which has broadened its focus to support care delivery organizations, device companies, life sciences organizations, and SaaS for healthcare. We'll include his LinkedIn if you're interested in following him. But Veronica Mikaluk is the other professional on the podcast today. She is an experienced professional with a diverse background in the fields of biomedical engineering, international business, and public health. She is a biomedical engineer by training, holds a master's degree in international business from the University of Miami, an MBA from Warsaw School of Management, and a doctorate in public health with a specific focus on the business strategy of agile development of software as a medical device. That's, I thought that was very interesting uh, and obviously very applicable to today's conversation. 
Veronica's career began as a biomedical engineer where she contributed to the development of various biomedical devices, including a wireless ECG system. Then she worked in South Korea in the neuroscience department. And after that, she focused on digital health solutions and consulting in the medical device space. Currently, Veronica serves as the digital health principal and SAMD lead at HTD. In this role, she leads the software as a medical device the department utilizing her experience, uh, experience and expertise in biomedical engineering and business acumen. Her primary objective is to ensure that all products are meticulously designed and developed adhering to the highest quality standards. Veronica's dedication to customer satisfaction and patient safety is instrumental in driving the success of the organization and its customers. And not only all that, she might be the most interesting person alive because in her free time, Veronica enjoys learning new languages. Currently, she speaks five different languages. She loves to travel the world. She loves to play sports and she loves hiking. Recently, she hiked Kilimanjaro and uh, apparently she plans to hike Mount Everest Base Camp next year and she loves to discover the unknown. So I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with some extremely well-qualified people to discuss accelerating SAMD development in a compliant yet agile way. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Global Medical Device Podcast. My name is Etienne Nichols. I'm the host of today's episode. With me today is Zach Markin and uh, Veronica. I don't remember your last name and it's not in front of me, Veronica. I'm so sorry, but maybe let's start just by giving a quick introduction and in, in which you can include your last name. <laughs> That's totally okay, at the end, and that's actually you know what makes me memorable. Let's say I always say that. Uh, so my name is Veronika Michaluk. Uh, I'm Polish, as you can tell by my accent. Uh, a little bit about myself: I'm biomedical engineer by training. Have started my uh, medical device career as an engineer. Was actually um, coding and uh, designing and developing devices. Uh, myself, I designed and built a wireless EKG system. And after that, I decided to uh, have a period of my career in uh, research. I went to South Korea and was working there in neuroscience department in optogenetics. But after that, I decided to move to uh, U.S. to do my uh, master's and MBA there in Miami, beautiful sunny Miami. Um, and I was working there in the U.S. for big medical device uh, company in digital uh, health and digital department and was mainly focused on Latin America and uh, East Coast on uh, US. And after that, I joined uh, HTD Health and uh, I started as product owner as, at HTD. And currently I am a digital health uh, principal and some delete at HTD Health. Uh, so my responsibilities are you know, mainly around uh, software as medical device department, ensuring that we have a culture of quality and we develop high quality products that are compliant and deliver a highest possible value for uh, our customers. So that's Fantastic. about it. Yeah, really glad to have you. And we actually did a virtual summit. I, the, the weeks are running together. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we you did a session for us on software as a medical device, and I believe it was Agile uh, method, methodology. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. If someone wants to check out that webinar, there's a lot of good information. Um, I'm, we'll have, we'll have to talk about this some other time, but the, the, I've never been to Poland, but I'm curious if there's a difference in Poland and Miami, but we don't have to go into that today, but, oh, uh, better not to. <laughs> okay. Some other time, Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hey, great to meet you. Uh, I'm Zach Markin. I'm uh, a co-founder of HGD health CEO today. Um, 
I've uh, I've done different things in my career. Uh, I um, in the past I started a, a food business uh, where distributing healthy food in uh, different parts to small stores. Um, and then uh, I got really interested in tech. I started building a lot of software for that company to run the invoicing, logistics, and operations. And then um, I became a software engineer. Started different uh, different SaaS products with nothing really like that that um, that became like a major major SaaS product. And then uh, at some point, uh, like around ten years ago, eight years ago, I was a freelancer and independent consultant. And uh, somehow found my way to uh, technical services as a business. And so I uh, started doing that and then um, happened to have just one or two clients that were uh, healthcare focused and started to learn more about the industry and get more interested in healthcare as an industry as a whole. And um, that really is the origins of, of HTD Health. And then um, from there, uh, we grew to be the technical services group that we are today. And uh, as we spent more time in the industry, we became, became we became more opinionated about you know what parts of the industry were really important to us, where we wanted to spend our focus. Um, and one of those areas uh, became uh, devices and companion applications for devices and software as medical device more broadly. And so, um, all that together kind of kind of brings us here today. So thank you for having me and looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. Glad to have you both. Really excited about it. Um, and it's funny, Zach, I know we had an issue with the mic earlier with the button. Um, it makes me think of, you know, medical devices. That's almost unacceptable. It, it, is it pushed in or pushed out? You have to know. And uh, so you didn't, the device failed you in that moment. And, and it's one of those things that I, I love that you guys are dedicated to making sure that doesn't happen in the medical device industry. So tell me a little bit more about the mission of HTD. I mean, you, you kind of touched on it briefly, but I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your, um, the, the nitty gritty brass tacks of what you guys do. Yeah, maybe I'll start and and Veronica, I, you know, I'd I'd love to uh, also hear your reflection. I, I think it might will be very similar, but also, uh, you know, be be interesting uh, to hear from your perspective. But uh, you know, uh, fundamentally, the mission of HCD Health is to make the healthcare industry more uh, human centric, accessible, and productive. Um, so basically, if you look at the you know, the challenges facing um, the United States and and maybe the West, um, if, you, if you use that phrase more broadly, um, you know, there's all these challenges around population, demographic trends, uh, cost of care. Um, we have other underlying trends like advances in treatment for what previously were morbid diseases like cancer that are becoming more like chronic diseases. And so all these things together basically are um, as I'm sure our listeners know, uh, increasing the demand on on healthcare in general, the the needs that that as an industry we need to fulfill, um, and uh, at the same time, there's uh, you know there's fewer working people to you know to pay for that and justify it, and so fundamentally, our mission is to um, is to help meet that challenge ahead of us by uh, thoughtfully applying technology to the industry. Um, and one of the areas uh, that we think will be a driver for those those massive productivity gains is uh, hardware transformations that are happening in devices. And um, just like we saw hardware transformations, like when when device when computers uh, became mobile, and that totally transformed um, 
the the software ecosystem and then the applications that were built in that way, uh, we see something similar happening in devices space. And so um, particularly our work in devices is aligned with um, with that mission more broadly. That's great, Veronica. I know he's going to pass the mic to you, so I'll let you kind of add on if you have anything. Zach just covered that all. What I can just add is like, uh, also what I love about uh, HVD and working here is we always think about this end user. And, you know, our mission is to always remember that at the end is this patient and the patient safety is our priority and uh, our customer, um, you know, just uh, happiness and satisfaction is also our priority. So what I we always say is we are always partnering uh, in this field. We're not just developing, you know, end product, but we feel like we are always a partner because we are part of this device that will be then used by a patient and can improve patient outcomes or even uh, serve their save their lives. And and building on Veronica's comment around around partnership, you know, if you, I, I touched a little bit on this idea that you know we believe that thoughtful application of technology will drive productivity. And um, you could say that's true in any industry, um, but particularly in healthcare, uh, the framing of it in the in the way that the Veronica was describing as partners informed by domain, thinking about the, and, and as you were alluding to at the end, uh, human factors, both facing, you know, patients and clinicians, um, you know, the, all of that informs the consultative strategy and the, the way that we think about applying uh, applying technology to this domain. Okay, that makes sense. Tell us, so when I hear these background stories from different people, it, it I, sometimes I think of a physical body, how your feet are the what touches the earth and your hands are what grips and moves that force to other things. And I, hearing your origin story and then talking about what you do, it's kind of like filling in the outline, but but the hands are the part that's interesting. How do you actually interact with your clients to accelerate software as a medical device development? I hope that clumsy metaphor made sense. <laughs> oh, you know, we are very flexible. So I can start, Zach, and then you can also fill in. Uh, we are flexible, actually, by also, what again, because we are partners, so we want to ensure that uh, our clients are happy and, uh, you know, then... Uh, their end, let's say, their end mission is, is fulfilled. Let's say, so um, we work with our uh, with our clients on like in different ways. Let's say, but we are flexible. So depending on their needs, we can support them with uh, building their strategy. We can build uh, their even go to go to market strategy. We can support with uh, quality, with compliance, regulatory aspects, and uh, the big thing is also what what we do. We uh, accelerate the development by actually this domain knowledge. We have really experts in house that have uh, helped our many uh, organizations and have just expertise in that. And also, apart from that, we have a very interesting uh, internal uh, product that maybe Zach can tell you a little bit more about. But this is actually a real accelerator of the future uh, products. Yeah, maybe maybe before getting in into that, uh, um, just coming coming back to mechanistically how we how we serve our partners and how we work together. Um, you know, we uh, you know fundamentally we are uh, a consulting organization, and basically what that means in the context of medical devices and and digital services for for medical device companies, um, we 
we have many roles internally um, that together fulfill uh, the product and the digital product and engineering um, needs of uh, and and uh, you know quality and and validation and other other needs as well. Um, but basically, everything compre you know everything that uh, comprehensively can cover the full range of needs for producing uh, digital aspects of of medical devices. And so, um, the way we think about that in the context of service delivery is what is the right subset or selection of those capabilities and services to work with our partner. So in some cases, we fulfill the entire um, product engineering and quality function um, for the for the part of the uh, application or the, the infrastructure that we're delivering. Um, in other cases, we just support and focus on a client application or um, a component that that is then is included in a broader uh, broader offering or device. So, Veronica talked a little bit about understanding what is success and what is the value driver for the partner organization. Um, basically, we start there and we think about uh, together with them what are the capabilities that they have internally. And then we compose the right um, services offering that then we we bring to the table and, and work together to deliver. Um, and Veronica started to talk a little bit about our chassis accelerator, um, which is basically a, a starter application um, for uh, utilizing the most common capabilities that we've we've built internally. And um, in some cases, uh, can be a way for a partner to move more quickly in um, creation of their uh, their companion application. That's really cool. And, and it kind of segues into the question I wanted to ask, which was, you know, medical device companies, they all face different challenges. I know they, they're going to, uh, they, they have funding, they have new product development challenges, supply chain, especially more recently since 2020, I suppose. But, uh, there's an additional layer and that's that regulatory layer. And so I was curious if you see any, uh, trends, I guess, across the different customers or the different clients that you work with that you, you, you pretty much guarantee someone's going to have fallen into this pitfall. Sounds like you've already given to this quite a bit of thought if you're building a chassis that could potentially be, if, if I'm understanding it correctly, where it could be a platform someone else could build off of. Um, but what are some of those common uh, execution challenges that you've seen? Maybe I'll um I'll pass to Veronica in a moment and uh, uh, also just just clarify a little bit. I, I wouldn't refer to the chassis as a platform in the sense okay. that it's not a um, you know there there are a lot of great platforms in the space, including uh, some that we're uh, services partners for, like Extra Horizon is one. Um, but there are other other platforms in the space like Bright Insights, et cetera. The way we think about chassis is more like a uh, software library. So. Um, lots of capabilities uh, we see over and over again existing in different different devices in the ecosystem. Uh, and um, coming back to your your original question around quality and pitfalls and other things like that, um, you know, you see you see the wheel getting getting reinvented. You know, common things like uh, uh, identity authentication, role management, etc. And those are things that just make sense from a um, from a product perspective, they're not fundamentally differentiators or core competencies of the um, of the companion application itself, uh, and so there's really no advantage for an organization to rebuild those or re-implement them in a bespoke. There can be, I, I shouldn't say in all cases, but generally speaking, 
um, there can be a cost to rebuilding without necessarily a competitive advantage coming from it. And so we think that those instances are opportunities where leveraging a, an accelerator package um, can basically uh, advance the advance the organization, advance the speed of delivery, uh, and improve quality, safety, security, all of those things because you benefit from all of the um, all of the historic validation and verification that have done not only by us um, but also by anyone who who used a version of that and then and then it got tested. So, uh, Veronica, would you add something? Yeah, so very good points, Zach. And just to to also link to this to our uh, Shazi accelerator. You know, at the end, one of the challenges, big challenges that we can uh, see now, you know, it's like just time to market. Uh, so as you can, as you know, probably like in when you de- develop regular, I can say, uh, software, not a software as medical device, you can get to market much quicker because you don't have to comply with all of the regulations. You don't have to uh, do such a rigorous testing because in some the testing, it's super crucial. Um, and you don't have to do um, the, you know, either 510K, the novel or other regulatory pathway. So time to market is one of the challenges. And we uh, that's why we also developed this uh, chassis, because by using that, we can, you know, accelerate the t- time to market. But another also uh, challenge that uh, we see, it's uh, just regulatory compliance. Uh, because we serve different sizes of organizations from startups to huge uh, corporations, uh, when we support startups, you know, sometimes they just don't have enough uh, resources in-house, so they don't have regulatory or compliance expertise in-house. And that's uh, when they also, you know, reach out to us or to other um, experts in the fields, because we believe that, you know, if you don't have the resources in-house, it's really wise to to reach out just for the for the help. Uh, another thing, it's um, data privacy uh, and security. And also we can tell that uh, based on the new um, FDA guidance uh, related to actually cybersecurity, we know that this is a, a big thing and this is a really challenge. And even FDA released the, the new guidance, which actually now tells that all of the uh, medical device manufacturers must have like software bill of materials, must have a plan uh, for the maintenance of the software, must have a plan for the updates. So this is also new. So even like changes uh, to the regulations are the challenge for the for the companies that do not have these uh, experts on board. And the quality management system, you know, uh, quality management system is another thing that is very often required. Uh, to, to have. And again, many, many startups just lack having quality management system. But one thing is to have a quality management system, but the other one is to have it uh, that will work. And uh, that quality management system will actually be, you know, actually um, working as your company works, right? It will not be just created out of some uh, basic template, but will actually show how your company works and will be uh, created in a way that the processes are optimal. And so um, I think these are like the, the biggest uh, main challenges that we see right now. Yeah, you covered a lot of different things. So my brain's kind of going different directions. One thing I wanted to touch on was you mentioned the the software time to time to market. I feel like there's been a lot of influx of software developers into the medical device space that maybe don't understand medtech uh, to the to the extent a lot of old school like myself I was a mechanical engineer so 
I built a device. It took, you got your prototype, you got all the tooling up and eventually you, you took it to market. So you expect a very long timeline. So it's a little bit different. We're starting to meet in the middle a little bit. And um, so that's, that's really interesting that you mentioned that. And I'm curious if you maybe have some more, um, I'd really love to hear any specific stories. If you have uh, any, anything you, specific that you can share about how you've mitigated that or, accelerated those or overcome those challenges anything come to mind it's okay we don't have to if if nothing's coming to mind but you you know even like the the example so first of all like just using the chassis uh, that would be the first one but the second one what you mentioned that the mechanical engineer starts with building something and just follows the stages and the first stage let's say design must be finalized before actually doing that then the testing which actually falls into like waterfall methodology don't judge me (laughs) and and actually we talked about it recently during the risk management summit at the end so uh we at htd we follow uh what we call compliant agile Uh, this is the methodology that will enable us that enables us to be compliant but also adaptive uh, to change and agile so what agile says you know that it's like um the customer interactions over uh, documentation, right? What I also mentioned during the summit, but Agile doesn't say uh, without any documentation. It's about the necessary documentation that is needed and that is um, also up to date. So what we do in order to also accelerate the process, we follow compliant Agile, where we actually developed our internal um, step-by-step process. So what must be done, let's say, during the... Uh, Agile methodology, we have sprints, right? These are like iterations, normally two or four weeks uh, long iterations. And we developed like a process, what must be done before the start of the sprint, what is being done uh, in the first part of the sprint, second part of the sprint, and by end of the sprint. And then each of the team members uh, in the team, if you have a tech lead, backend, frontend developer, QA engineer, designer, product owner, each of the team members, they have their own tasks that they have to uh, fulfill, you know, to in order to uh, complete the sprint. So by doing, by dividing this, um, also these responsibilities and including them into the, um, the agile methodology into sprints, we can also accelerate development and also be adaptive to change because by uh, following agile, we can make changes quickly but still be uh, compliant with all the regulations. I love that. And uh, I saw you come off mute. Zach, did you have something you wanted to add? Uh, it, it was re- related to your prior question about other other kind of recurring challenges. So maybe we can come back to that if you, if you want to, if you're going to comment on Veronica's well, comment. Just, yeah, sure. Just a real quick comment. Um, I love that you're developing that and sharing that with the industry because it does feel like there's been a bit of a struggle in, well, how do I apply? And is Agile okay? And obviously it is. Uh, FDA doesn't regulate how you manage your project. They just want to make sure that you are um, developing a safe and effective product. And so I'm a believer. I Having managed projects, the waterfall, I'm not going to lie. Those My roots are hard to, to leave, but I, I definitely am a believer and I appreciate all the things that you're doing. But yeah, go ahead, Zach. What was your comment? Yeah, I mean, naturally, I I tend to look at things from more of like a, a business centered mind. And although, I, you know, like you, I was previously an engineer. Uh, certainly, I, I'm not... Uh, my thinking is less. Uh, my approach these days is less uh, um, less technical than than the approach that Veronica is taking, particularly with our customers. But uh, um, you alluded a little bit to this idea and challenges uh, that 
you know, maybe more traditionally hardware centric companies have uh, now um, sort of with a, a wave of digitization or a imperative to bring companion applications together with a traditionally hardware portfolio. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's uh, definitely something we see um, particularly in the, uh, in the world that we're supporting um, there are uh, even uh, one step further of challenges that, that we see among uh, some of these next generation devices, which is that, you know, not only is there a novel hardware that's been developed and subsequently there needs to be, you know, a software layer to enable that, that hardware to, to be functional and add value, but particularly the software value or the software layer, excuse me, needs to operate in a way that's consistent with uh, the rest of the digital infrastructure that the device is used within. And so um, you see hardware companies not only having to face challenges around uh, software implementation, but then also very specific uh, and relatively domain-centric software implementations like uh, integrations with a health record or, you know, certain clinical informatics challenges that, that you see. Um, and then, uh, you know, particularly with, uh, you know, th th those are pretty tactical. Um, but if you, if you back up and look at that uh, sort of chain um, from an even higher level, uh, particularly with new devices that are coming to market that are maybe uh, more, um, more disruptive in the way that they're used. Say it was a, you know, previously there was a, a device that was always um, in a fixed location that is now handheld and can be used in the field. Uh, a lot of those device companies are subsequently um, needing to go to market in a in a new way. You know, one company that I was I was speaking with and spending time with um, some time ago, they had a, a a very small and portable dialysis machine that they had built. Um, and, uh, you know, today there's not a lot of buyers for uh, a device like that who are, um, you know, someone like a DeVita or the existing infrastructure for delivering dialysis is not necessarily going and saying, hey, how can we um, go out and, and replace our whole uh, fleet of, of equipment? Um, and so the ways that those products may become more uh, broadly adopted May actually be through a you know through a go to market motion that's actually in the form of new clinical service delivery, and so the range of challenges that someone bringing a product like that to market are are pretty broad, um, and so uh, you know one of the things that we see as our role is for the parts of that obviously we're not going to run someone's business for them, um, but for the parts of that where we can be helpful and where we where we do have a lot of domain knowledge like like integrating or like uh, other, other aspects of the, the software ecosystem connected to those companion um, applications, uh, we can help de-risk, accelerate, and let people or let our, our partners focus on the um, maybe the most novel uh, or most challenging areas of their novel um, go-to-market or, or business operations. The fact that you encourage uh, or try to provide a way for people to really focus on what differentiates them makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes we you mentioned reinventing the wheel, and I wrote that down because I think that's a really important point to think about. Um, companies, medical device companies, especially when I look at those companies, I look I, I kind of think of a three legged stool. Obviously, they have to make money at some point. That's the air companies breathe. 
but they also have to be you follow the regulations wherever they're going to submit those things. But then there's an ethical uh, responsibility. And usually you think, well, there's overlap there. Well, there doesn't necessarily have to be overlap. There should be, you would expect it. But those are the three things we're thinking about. But like you said, you should focus on what differentiates you, but you also have to be able to make money. You have to be able to, to be profitable. So that's that that high level view of seeing all these different companies. I can see that being pretty powerful to say, well, we've seen this, but we can also um, you know, share learnings from across that are that are more just from a go-to-market strategy. That's really cool. And and what you highlighted in in different words is the fundamental role of a consultant or of a consultancy, which is what is the thing that is critical but not uh, not the core competency of the customer, and you know find that space and consistently deliver in that space in a way that's more effective and and lower cost in total. Um, in much the same way that we've chosen not to have a competency in maintaining an EQMS, uh, which is you know why we why we work with with Greenlight, for example. Yeah. And I wanted to ask about that actually, because <laughs> Veronica, you you mentioned several things, and I mentioned that my brain went different directions. But we're we're going to get back to the one thing you mentioned too is was that quality management system. I am curious. Uh, obviously, you have to have a quality management system. So, what were some of the criteria that you had in mind, or or what led you? You already mentioned Greenlight Guru. What led you to Greenlight Guru? Yeah, very good, uh, very good question, Etienne. So, actually, before we decided. Um, that we will go with Greenlight Guru. We did uh, tons of research, tons of work uh, together with Zach. It was myself, Zach, and and other um, manage- management board members. And uh, actually, what drove us to Greenlight Guru is that your your um, customer, uh, you know, success manager. I can say like just being customer centric. This is the first thing, being customer centric. The other one is like. Uh, Greenlight Guru uh, enables us also to follow Agile methodology because your QMS is adaptive. You can adapt uh, the different workflows workflows um, in a way that they will be actually compliant with our way of working, but still meet all of the regulations. Because I really like um, also that you have specific rules set up there um, that will just help us to stay compliant. Uh, but also another thing is that you keep on um, adding new new features there. And uh, the newest one is this uh, risk intelligence one, which I'm very excited about. So actually it will help us with, uh, you know, making um, the risk management activities there within the Greenlight Guru, which is actually very, uh, very helpful as well. Um, so yeah, these were like uh, the the main, let's say, uh, things that guided us towards Greenlight Guru. And because we are also a software development company, we use Jira, uh, you know, so you also integrate with Jira, which is also another thing that uh, was driving us towards the, the, the choice. And I don't know, Zach, if you would like to add uh, anything else. Well, you know, uh, you're the you're the expert on our use of the tool and really where it where it drives value. But uh, I can reflect at least from our selection process, we um, you know, we we based both on you know a, a sort of like a, a bottoms up approach route, which was we started by articulating what we really need, um, but then we also took a more top down approach based on uh, Veronica's experience building uh, devices in much larger companies and um, just surveying what options we had and. 
You know, there, there were a couple that uh, looked like they uh, could support the direction that we wanted to go as an organization. Um, but when we really unpacked, and particularly uh, when we when we uh, asked difficult questions that required um, some thoughtful analysis of where we were headed as an organization, um, the the individual that we were working with was. Uh, far and away uh, coming back with the most thoughtful answers clearly was can you know either an expert themselves or consulting with internal experts in a way that um that we didn't see in other places so it actually made that choice uh very easy yeah well, I really good feedback that. yeah I, I can add to this to your last uh also point Zach that yes what I can tell it's like within greenlight guru you have also uh your gurus uh, which are uh compliance and regulatory experts which is also great because um to to Zach's point you know um when we were discussing different like points and asking hard difficult questions we were receiving uh you know answers that made sense and also we can feel this uh, support along the way uh, from the experts from Greenlight Guru. And I, I would say it, it's funny because when we were going through that process, that's exactly the process that we lead our customers through a lot of time, not about a QMS or an EQMS, but about a selecting, you know, there's lots of different uh, infrastructure tools that make up the, the modern stack in next generation care delivery and other contexts. And uh, um, so we end up uh, in the position of of guiding our customers a lot of times through through selection of a product. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, in support of our of our partners and our customers, we're uh, asking questions of a of a platform provider. And so we see the different level of depth that come back. And you know, generally everyone says, well, we we can do that and we check yeah. that box. But then when you push a little farther, you could see, well, did someone have a real justification for saying that? So um, it was a nice experience for us. And it was uh, it was something we were comfortable with. But it was one of the rare times where it was um, both us running that process and us um, paying for and, and owning the the results that that uh, that go along with it. So it was um, uh, it was nice. That's good. I'm, it's, it's really good feedback. And. I'm sure is it probably gave uh, whoever was discussing it a run for their a run for their money because obviously you've been through the process on both sides so you you probably do a very good thorough job so I can respect that for sure. You mentioned the customer success. I don't know exactly who your customer success manager is. They probably wouldn't mind if you mentioned it, but don't feel like you have to mention their name. But it, it, I was on the customer success uh, team at one point and. They only hire the nicest people in the world, so <laughs> it really is a great team. So I'm glad glad you appreciate them for sure. I'm curious if there were any other goals or high level, maybe initiatives that prompted you uh, regarding timing or decision to buy. Were there any things that that really pushed you over the edge? You know, also uh, what we were thinking because we serve our uh, we serve different customers, right? So we do not develop uh, software medical device for ourselves, but we develop it for our customers. So also another thing was uh, that whether we could use the QMS uh, for our customers or, or maybe whether our customers could have a separate, let's say, instance in Greenlight Guru, which, which is possible as well. And another thing is that, you know, now we are uh, also in the process of obtaining ISO 13485 certification, which is a big step because it will really uh, show that we are... Um, uh, you know, compliant and we are reliable um, partner. Uh, 
so that was also another thing that drove us um and we wanted to choose a, a, a right let's say partner right for uh, for eqms as greenlight guru that's good. The QS, QSR, FDA moving to QMSR is kind of pushing us to, it's almost a requirement for ISO 1345 at this point. So that's really great. It is, exactly. That. And I, I would just say in a phrase, you know, if you if you backed up and said, like, what was our guiding principle in that thinking? It was, what is the tool that will let us go where we want to go as an organization? And, you know, we were, before we... Um, took that on and decided to build, you know, build the quality program and the, you know, get the 13485. Um, we, uh, you know, we'd worked with with some of our customers, QMSs and other things like that. And we'd, we'd uh, um, you know, there are options to maybe uh, get to a, you know, get to a passable um, quality program more quickly. Um but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's going to be something that is sustainable or durable for the long run. And what we wanted to, it was very important to us, um, particularly because of the internal technical culture that we already had. Um, it was very important to us that our technical teams um, didn't feel that what we were bringing to them in the context of devices was something that um, made their lives worse. And so we had a very clear perspective and Veronica spent a lot of time with our CTO uh, and co-founder Wojtek um, thinking about, uh, you know, how we saw our, our, our current agile process or our current preferred implementation approach, but also how we saw that evolving over time and making sure that any tool we picked um, was sufficiently extensible and sufficiently flexible that we could um more or less bring bring our preferences and approach but also um you know not bring so much of our preferences that we that we risked color risked coloring outside the line so to speak so uh it was a good fit nice nice fit nice approach and uh really nice um experience so far fantastic Veronica, you mentioned that Veronica is probably the one who uses a little bit more. I'm curious who else on the team uses it or or uh, just who who's on that side? Yeah, so I um I am a yeah, the big user of Greenlight Guru. I use it every day, a couple of times a day. Uh I was the one also like creating the the QMS together with our uh CTO. Apart from myself, we also have a quality assurance lead, a product owner, also um one of our um, management board members is there and um, and our agile leader. So we we mainly have um, product owners there, quality assurance lead, um, you know, the CTO there and myself. And depending on the projects, that will be mainly uh, the team over there. And of course, you know, quality assurance lead is, uh, is responsible for all the CAPA and audit related uh, things, then each product owner manages their own project within uh, Greenlight Guru. And myself, I oversee all of the actions um, in there. So, you know, we just recently published an ROI calculator, and I don't know if you've seen that or experienced that. Maybe it's brand new. Um, and one of the things that we found was that consistently companies, and my own experience as well, was that there was someone who would make sure uh, they were a QA person who their full-time job was checking rev control and things like that. So I don't, that 
seems to have been done away with for the most part with green light guru. So maybe we shouldn't tell Zach. He probably doesn't need to know that, you know, you can eliminate a lot of hours with that sort of thing. But I'm curious if there's any area that you've really found the most value out of, uh, if there are any specific features that have benefited your work more than others. Yeah, definitely, you know, ensuring compliance because in Greenlight Guru, we have very nice features that actually, in order to complete specific action, you have to follow the specific direction, right? Okay, you can change this uh, if you have admin rights uh, in Greenlight, but um, this actually allows you to ensure that your new team members will actually will, will be compliant. Um, even if they miss some some knowledge, let's say. But with all these, um, I can say gates or like blockers uh, that are set in the in the process in the flow, we can really ensure that each and every project and each and every activity will be compliant with the regulations. Uh, so this is great. Okay, I have kind of a lightning round that I want to ask you um, about about Greenlight Guru. So we'll just kind of go through that quickly. If you have an answer, cool. If you don't, that's okay. We can pass. And then I want to get back with the last few minutes that we have remaining about the growth and success of HTD. So if you'll bear with me for just a moment, I'm curious if you can provide us with a number, a metric to go along with the following questions. Number one would be, how much time or resources would you estimate you're saving by using Greenlight Guru? Any idea? And maybe that would be comparing if you were on paper or I don't know, however you want to compare it. Maybe we can qualify it somehow. That's a very good, uh, that's a good question. You know, and it depends, I believe, on the size of the team and on the project that we work, uh, that we work on, but definitely a lot. I can say, I, I will not tell you like just the number, but I can say a lot. Definitely. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, how has Greenlight Guru impacted timelines for development and or your quality milestones? Any thoughts there? Accelerated, definitely. Uh, it helped us because if you just go uh, from um, even, for example, from a paper-based QMS to EQMS like Greenlight Guru, it makes a huge difference. So it can save you a couple of months for sure. Okay. I, I would say it also improves visibility. Um, you know, I, I, just from my perspective, that's valuable to me. What's going on? How far yeah. are we? Absolutely. Um yeah, what actually is able to be seen by uh, those in charge is really what what really matters. That that's what actually drives results. That makes sense. Okay, last question I guess would be, and this is probably my favorite, and you you may have alluded to it already, Zach. What impact have these results that accelerated timeline? What uh, what impact have those results had on your company, your people, your offerings? What would you say? I would I would start with our level of confidence, um, particularly interfacing with um, clients or customers or partners that have uh, demanding uh, regulatory needs or perspectives themselves. Which is, uh, you know, um, it's valuable to have an SOP. It's valuable to have a, a quality program. Um, but for me, typically when we do work. Um, there's also some kind of contractual obligation, some kind of warranty, some kind of um, promises that we're making as a service provider. And so um, it's very important that we um, have confidence and uh, um, clear systems for, for documenting our, our fulfillment of the promises that we make to our customers. So um, I, that uh, is uh, a value that is not easily aligned with um, your first question around um, FGEs or hours or other things, but there certainly is a 
um, a specific um, quantifiable value um, if you consider, uh, and I'm sure the listeners of this audience do um, consider risk to be um, at least quantifiable in some ways. So um, very important, very valuable in that regard. No, that's a great answer. Did you have something to add, Veronica? Or that covered that all. What I can say is yes. That uh, what is really important for us is that we actually deliver on our promises. Uh, so this is this is crucial for us, right? And uh, that we will fulfill um, the requirements and the expectations from our uh, partners. Well, the mission at Greenlight Grew is to improve the quality of life. And that's not just for the inpatient, although that's the goal. Obviously, people who interact with our products, those who work within Greenlight Grew as well. So I would say if we're able to somehow instill confidence in the people you're working with, that would that sounds like it would improve the quality of life So in the long run. Thank you for, for putting up with those questions. I appreciate you kind of uh, humoring me there. I am curious. I love this question. I want to ask this question. How do you at HTD define success? It's a little bit broad. So <laughs> feel free to answer it however you like. Any so thoughts? I can just start by like one sentence. I can say that success of our clients is our success as uh, it really goes hand in hand. So if our clients are successful, we are successful. And Zach, if you would like to add something else. I, I would say the same in, in maybe a slightly uh, different dimension, you know, as I, as I alluded to at the beginning of, uh, of our time together, you know, our, our mission is to, to make the industry more accessible, more human centric and more productive. And so um, we are intentionally qualifying and filtering the customers and partners that we work with to uh, make sure that there's alignment with that mission. And then uh, in our um, in our execution, it's exactly as Veronica said, which is um, improve the success of our customers and and uh, accordingly uh, deliver on our on our broader missions. Okay, that's great. Last one of the last questions I suppose would be, what would be next for HTD? You mentioned the chassis. You're obviously doing a lot of things, both internally, externally. What what would you say is next for HDD? What can you say? We uh, we have one exciting uh, development. Uh, we have a, a team member joining us uh, later this summer who uh, is an old friend of mine, um, but a MD, um, PhD in uh, artificial intelligence, uh, and he's joining and will be leading leading our practice in that space. Um, and as you, I'm sure you know, and our listeners know, uh, there's huge overlap between uh, AI and SAMD. And so um, we see a lot of opportunity there. Um, but, you know, we, we're also not going to get too, um, too distracted. We have a lot to do in our, in our core swim lanes, which are, you know, really focused on uh, tech-enabled care delivery, um, companion applications for devices and uh and then bringing the AI practice which is you know really fitting together with those two items and and continuing to allow us to address uh the customers that we we currently address so um i would say we're excited for the new but we're also excited for more of the old excellent that's really good a lot of people may be getting distracted but i think it's good to have a blend that's that's the a solid approach i really respect that any last piece of advice for your customers or any thoughts that you want to share? Not the customers, but the listeners, though, those of you who are listening today, Veronica or Zach, any last any last words, both how we can find you and and 
piece of advice? Uh, so how you can find us? You can find us uh, on LinkedIn. You can find us on our website. Uh, I actually, uh, I will do some self-promotion because a couple of days ago, I released my first Samdi article from Samdi series. So what we are doing, as we mentioned, that we want to partner with our clients, we want to also share the knowledge. Uh, so at HDD, we are also sharing um, bi-weekly articles that will then create like complete guide uh, about software as medical device. Uh, so that is just the knowledge uh, sharing. And why we do the knowledge sharing? Because kind of what you what you just asked at the end is the, the advice is sometimes it might, might look uh, very difficult to enter some this space, especially if somebody is new uh, there. But what I would say is just not to be afraid of the new challenge, not to be afraid of this, uh, all of the regulations, because they are people out there that can help you, whether it's HDD, whether it's, uh, it's it's us or somebody else. And what I always tell to Zach is, I think the future is bright if you have a positive mindset. Uh, so that's what I would just uh, say. I love that. As, as, as Veronica said, uh, you can contact us uh, on our website, which is htdhealth.com. Uh, there's a contact form there. Um, you can also uh, email, and you can, if you want to just write me, uh, my email address is my first name, Z-A-C-H, so Zach, at htdhealth.com. So um, would love to be in contact with anyone uh, who's a listener here. With respect to advice, uh, building on Veronica's comments, I, I would say the most important thing, uh, at, le in my, at least in my opinion, uh, for any organization building uh, building software or companion software, is to have a very clear perspective about what is success, um, what is the value driver for your organization that the software will deliver, and clearly define that and communicate that to your own internal teams, to your partners, um, because the more clearly that's defined, the more clearly that is defined, the more clearly it's communicated to everybody working together on it. Um, it empowers people like us to be proactive in advocating for one path or another that is um, that will deliver on that. So, um, yeah. All right. What is success? Very cool. We'll include all of those links, uh, link to Zach's email, link to Veronica's article, as well as the webinar we did with Veronica as well. And might link to the chassis accelerator if there's some something we can do to, to, to give a visual there and understanding. And uh, But all of those will be in the show notes, so check those out later. I want to thank you both for being on the show. It's re been a really fun conversation for me, and I've learned a lot, and I really appreciate it. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, reach out and let us know either on LinkedIn or I'd personally love to hear from you via email. Uh, check us out. If you're interested in learning about our software built for MedTech, whether it's our document management system, our CAPA management system, the design controls risk management system, or our electronic data capture for clinical investigations, this is software built by MedTech professionals for MedTech professionals. You can check it out at www.greenlight.guru or check the show notes for a link. Thanks so much for stopping in. Lastly, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps others find us. It lets us know how we're doing. We appreciate any comments that you may have. Thank you so much. And take care.